All right. Okay, it's working. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day. To us fathers, all right. <laughs> Feel good, I can talk about us fathers, all right. Something nice about Father's Day. Somebody said, why do you have to have Father's Day? Because one time when somebody celebrated Mother's Day, there was somebody who said, you know what, I don't have a mom. And the one who took care of me was my father. Is there any way that I can also honor my father? And so that's how the Father's Day came about. But I remember there was this young man. You know, sometimes uh, young men can easily forget things. So he went out with his friends. They were having a good time. Before he got home, he realized he hadn't bought a Father's Day card. So what he did, he decided to go around different stores. It just so happened, it was so late, there were not a lot of cards anymore. So he went to this one store that was open. He said, good, he got inside, there were two cards left. He picked up one of the cards. He said, well, you know what? This is good enough. So he brings it to his father, and he gives it to his father. He says, happy Father's Day, Dad. And the vessel, oh, thank you for remembering, son. He opens up the card. You know what it says? Here's what it says. You've been like a dad to me. Son, what does it mean that you've been like a dad to me? So dad, you'd be glad I gave that to you because the other card that I was supposed to give you, there were only two cards. It says, now that I am a dad... You better glad I gave that to you, all right? In other words, the only choices, right? Maybe the father said, you're going to be a daddy already, all right? You're even just a young boy. But, you know, cards are one way to, to express, you know, who we are. And there was this little boy. He says, hey, the dad said, let me show you, son, you know, what you do on Father's Day? You start to give your, your father a card. Oh, yeah, dad, yeah. So what you do, you look around these cards and find one you'd like to give to your daddy. Okay. So he goes around. Because he saw what people were doing. So he started looking around the cards. He was looking at all the cards. He says, son, you've looked at all the cards already. What is it that you're looking for? Oh, I'm looking for a card that has money inside. <laughs> Maybe that, that's what you're looking for, right? By the way, I got my, I got my Father's Day card too. Uh, and I'm so glad. You know why? It says, don't tell mom that you're first. Kidding, all right? In other words. Uh, but it's one of those things that just makes you realize that there are days that we can celebrate fathers. And when you think about a father, what is so important about being a father? If you look at the definition of what a father, the Bible, uh, the, the dictionary says, it's a man who has begotten a child. A man who has begotten a child. The question is, if you don't like being a father, being a father, he says, a man who has begotten. You know, it's so hard to be a father, right? My begotten looking father, right? Begotten, right? That's, that must be a Filipino word, right? But it's a man who knows how to relate to his children. When you become a father, it is really different. You know, remember when I was, you know, when, when I we still didn't have a child, when I became a father, it was just different. You know, I was holding my, my child for the first time in my hands. I said, I'm a father, you know? And the first thing I felt like, Boy, what a responsibility. Because I've never been a father before. You know, and sometimes parents realize that fatherhood is not easy. All right? And if you think that it, it is easy, one of these days you're going to be a father. All right? And I pray that you will learn some of the good things. And there are a few things about fatherhood too. Think about that. There are fathers right now who are doing continuous care for children. And some of them are what you call adoptive fathers. 
All right? In other words, some of you probably may, I know people right now who never grew up with a, fa- a real father, but have an adopted father. Some may come up with a father who may be a, a stepfather. Some of you have a, a foster father. Whatever it is, father is somebody who helps in the relationship. And I remembered I was speaking in a camp. It was one of those painful moments. That guy drove me from the camp to the airport. And we started to talk. I said, Ken, I'm about to share with you something that I haven't told anybody be- before. But I am really afraid about what I'm about to do. He said, what is this? My son that I have right now is not my real son. You know, I, went to, I went to the Philippines, and I got this boy. He was still a baby. And when he grew up, I became his father. But you know what? When they look at me and him, he looks different. He's taller than I am. And sometimes kids are wondering, what about now that people will know I'm kind of different? And he said, you know, what scares me is this. If he knows that I'm not his dad, will he still love me as his father? And so we talked about the whole time. I said, what scares you the most? Is it because you're going to lose your son or that you became a father to him? He said, you know, I've known of a story. Somebody had to deal with that. And this is what he did. He really confronted his son. He said, son, I want to tell you something. You need to know about this. He said, you're not really my son, but you know what? I am your, I am your father. Because every time, every time, ever since you grew up, I became your father. I want you to know that you have a physical father, but I am your father who loves you. Now he says, when you go back to the Philippines, you will meet your physical father. And by the way, son, it's okay if you think that you are going to feel bad about this whole time, but if you still want to call me father, that's okay. But I just want you to know that no matter what, I'm going to be your father. That boy was just like overwhelmed. As a matter of fact, when they went, when, when they went to the Philippines, all right, and his, his story says, he didn't know what to do because he was confronted with this. At first, he was like quiet for the whole time. But then he said, what this guy said, what happened was that after I spoke with him, he said, Dad, it's okay. I'm so glad you have been my father this whole time. I now understand that he's my physical father, but you have been my father. Folks, that kind of relationship is so important for us to realize Fatherhood is something that is so important for the time you spend with your children. It's not just because you bear children in this world. One of the biggest problems in America today is what you call absentee fathers. Have you heard about that problem? One of them was Barack Obama. Have you heard about that? He was abandoned. You know, his father left him. Later on, you know, he got divorced. He married somebody back in Kenya. He said even Barack Obama grew up without a father. But he said, thank God with the mother. But you know what he realized? Thank God there were people who loved him and became a supportive family. But according to some studies, there was this place, they had all kinds of problems, and they were studying of these, these areas in America today where the, where the crime rates was going up. It was really going up. And he's saying, what is creating these problems in these places? Is it congestion? Oh, yeah, they live in congested areas. Maybe that's the reason why there's a lot of problems. They said, oh, maybe the reason why there's a lot of problems is because of drugs. Oh, maybe it's because... They don't have a lot of jobs. While a lot of young girls were getting pregnant and a lot of kids were getting kind of problems, you know what they realized was the main problem? 
absentee fathers. Because the fathers were not there to tell them what was right from what's wrong. To even get an example. Fathers, you're important today. And you can be that father that God wants you to be. But let me make, make, make it clear here. We're not all perfect fathers. You ask my wife. You ask my kids. Oh, he's a pastor. He's a pastor's kids. They know. I lose my cool. Oh, really? You lose? Yeah. They know I'm not always true to my promise. I promise something. Promise that. I forget my promise. All right? Schedule-wise, I forget about... They, they know that I'm not always... A, my wife, you, you ask her. I'm not a perfect husband. You know what? So are you. That should relieve you today, that we're not all perfect. But the nice thing about this is that no matter what, God will still be the person that we can rely on to help us what we can be today. And so whatever you are today, whether you're called Tatai or Tai, Dad, Daddy, I, even I have somebody's name is called Poopsie. That's what. That's why I said, "Hey, that's I'm like, yeah, that's what he called." Everybody's a, I don't know. Everybody's a term of endearment. Sometimes my wife would call me, "Hey, pader." <laughs> By the way, that's a word, pader. And like instead of father, pina pader. No, you know. I said, "Can you even make it sound a little better than that?" You know, pader, right? And one of these days, I want to become a grandfather too. So I want to call myself instead of poopsie, just call me pop. And my wife will be, she wants to be called, instead of Lola, Loli. <laughs> so when you call, put the words together, Lollipop. <laughs> what a good combination, all right? I want to be a Lollipop, all right? <laughs> but what I want to share with you this morning is that we can learn from one guy who really made a difference. And folks, if there's something I want to leave with you about what Father is all about, let's learn from one man who made the right choice for his family. And I want you to just remember a simple phrase. It's just seven words. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Normally, 11 pala. Depending on which version. Just remember those few words this morning. I'm not going to make it as complicated as it can be because all we need today are just simple reminders of what it means to be a dad. What made him different? And what makes you and I can make a difference is we can learn from this principle. If you've got your Bibles with you, Joshua chapter 24. Come on. And I want just to look at one verse just for this morning. Joshua chapter 24. And I want you to look at verse 15. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Dads, you want to make a difference? Remember these few things here I want to share to you today. Number one, it says, as for me. You and I should have the right conviction for what we stand up for. What do I mean by this? We have to make the right decisions. And dad, when you make a decision, you better make sure you stick to that. In other words, no amount of money in the world can sway you from making a different decision if you make the right choice. I remember there was one guy, all right? He had his property. And everybody around was being bought by this very wealthy guy. But he wanted to keep this, fa- this property for his family. And no matter what he was being offered, every time the guy would come back and said, how much would you want for a house? He said, my land, I'm not going to sell this house because I'm going to pass this on to my children. And that guy kept harassing him and everything. At one point, the guy who was so rich was able to buy all the property around and he built his beautiful mansion. 
But you know, one time he met this slowly, this slowly guy. Afterwards, he looked at him and said, so you've been able to buy all the property around this place here, right? He said, well, yeah, except for my house. Yeah, you don't want to sell it. Yes, you know, because she may have owned everything here, but since I've made this choice, you know that there's one property that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to my family. I'm willing to pass it on. No amount of money would allow him to sell his property because that was his conviction. And dads, it's up to you going to make those decisions, whether you're going to let go of your convictions or let somebody else make decisions for you. And therefore, how do you make those choices? With the right words. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, come on, let's open to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Dad, how do you pass your convictions to other people? Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to start from verse... Uh, let's start from verse uh, 4 up to verse 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Does this sound familiar? These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them where? On your children. How do you do that? Talk about them when you what? When you sit at home, when you Walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Dad, how will you be able to impart your convictions to other people? By the times you spend with them. Kids, sometimes you feel like your parents are makulit. They keep saying the same thing over and over again. And you wonder whether they're going to sink in. You'll be surprised. One of these days, when your children will leave home, the things that you say to them, they'll say it back. Some of you are parents. The comments that you make to them, they will remember those words. It will remind them about what the Lord is and what your convictions are. Many times I've said certain things to my son. Later on, I hear him saying it over again. Now, let me warn you. Be very careful with your words. Because they also will record back what you say. Have you ever noticed this, how your children pray? They will pray like you. Have you noticed that? Your expressions, they will know that too. I remember there was a, there was a young boy. He was young. And all of a sudden, he said these words, you know. He was like, in, in, in Tagalog, mabulaklak, all right? There was a lot of bad, bad words in it. He said this word. The mom heard it says, where in the world did you hear those words, son? You know what the boy did? He turned to his dad. He said, dad, you want me to tell her where I got it from? You can see the dad. Listen, your kids are a recording of who you are. The way that you say things will be the same things that they will hear from them. So what do they hear from you? Do they hear a person is always complaining? Do you hear a person that's always whining? Or you hear a person is always encouraging them, them to walk in the ways of the Lord? Your words will determine what kind of decisions they'll make as well. Sometimes I tell my kids, kids, you know, you have the, to make the right choices. Because when you make certain choices, that will determine the consequences. You make the wrong choice. 
many times you will have no control over the consequence. So you better make the right choice. In other words, don't be foolish. Because the moment you do it, you cannot take it back. And so be careful, folks, because one of these days, the words that you say, you're going to eat it. Lord, help me to be gracious in what I say, because one of these days, I will have to eat the words that I say. And so we have to learn with the words that we say. What else? By the time that you spend, we've talked about the kind of convictions you have. By the way, look at your calendar. How much time in the calendar do you really spend with your children in terms of teaching them spiritual things? That's my question. Dads, you may take them to all kinds of places. But how much time do you spend with them talking about spiritual things? You know, according to a study, you might be surprised about this. I don't know where the guy is. I just read about it. I was kind of looking for it. James Dobson has some statistics as well. But you know what they said? The average middle-aged guy who is successful in life, you know how much time they spend with their children talking every day? Would you like to hear? 37.7 seconds per day. I said, 37.7 seconds per day? Wow, that's a short time. In other words, dad, when you come home and say, oh, hi, son, how are you doing? That's fine. How much time do you spend with your kids? That's a good question. 37.7 seconds. Now, you might be saying, you know, it's not happening. Really? How well do you know your children? All right, let me give you a, let me give you a test. Fathers, who are the names of your children's friends? Okay? Just don't answer, right? Okay, here's the second question. If you really spend time with your kids, what are the names of the parents of your children's friends, best friends? All right? Okay, let me just give you one thing, all right? What is your child's best reading right now? What is your child reading right now that they can share with you? What is it that they are reading? Do you know? All right? Okay, here's a second. Another thing. What is your son or daughter's music that they're listening to right now? Do you know what this is? It is? All right? I just, just questions, all right? I'm just asking, all right? All right, let me ask you. When was the last time you talked to your kids about spiritual things? And what did you talk about? If you really love the Lord and serve God, what have you been teaching your kids? Have you been teaching them about the Word of God? Have you been talking about politics or sports? About other things you do? But how much time have you spent? And if you don't spend time with them, folks, you're going to be regretting this. There's a song by Cat Stevens. I don't know if you're able to get that. Di nakuha, all right? You know, Cats in the Cradle, Spoon? That song is such a very painful song because the guy who wrote this song was actually having problems also in his own personal life. The song says, the Bible says, Cats in the Cradle, Silver Spoon, Little My Boy and the Man on the Moon. In other words, it talks about the cat and the spoon, or you know, about the child. It says, the Bible says, uh, we're going to get together then, son. In other words, the son said, Dad, can we play? The guy says, we're going to get together then, son. Then the, the, boy, the song says, the boy became college. And he comes to his father and is kind of talking and says, Dad, can we spend some time together? He says, not now, son. We're going to get together then. Then the song says, the boy lives. He becomes his own family. He has his own life. 
Then later on, the father realized he wants to spend time with his son. He said, son, can we spend some time together? Sorry, dad. I'm busy right now, but we're going to get together then, son. Dad. And then the last phrase is, I realized that my son grew up just like me. Fathers, how much time are you spending with your children? You know, you may be, ta- you may be bringing them all places, but how much time are you spending there? By the way, there's a lot of things you can do. When you go to the grocery stores, can you talk about life together? Bring them with you, right? When you go to your job, do you bring them to your job so they know what you're doing? Well, how much time do you really spend with them in order to say, son, I love you because I love you. I want to spend more time with you. I think I shared this with you before. How does a child spell love? T-I-M-E. No amount of resources... No amount of clothes will make them feel that you love them. You know why? You give them a, a nice pair of Nike shoes, the latest. Say, son, I love you. Here's some Nike shoes. We'll get together then, son. What will that boy do with his Nike shoes? Is anybody going to tie his shoes? Anybody going to run with him? You better spend some time with your son because one of these days, what you're doing is going to copy it. All right, let me go to the third part. What about his actions? His attitude, does he show positive attitudes? When you think about Joshua, was he, was he positive enough? Or dad, and I was talking with Brother Dodi about this, all right, earlier today. Dads, when was the last time we affirmed our children? Sometimes it's so hard to please our dads, but sometimes kids are looking for that affirmation. I wonder if you were Einstein. And you were the father, and the father says, instead of saying to Einstein, Einstein, what kind of hair do you have? When I look at, the, when I look at your yearbook, man, your hair was like this. What's wrong with you? He could have said that, right? Or he could say, son, you're going to be a genius. Or what about Leonardo da Vinci? I wonder what his father was saying. Son, s- stop painting on our ceiling, right? Our walls. Why don't you just go paint somewhere else? He, he could have criticized him, right? Or who was the guy who invented the light bulb? Frank Edison, right? Well, how would you encourage him? Well, if, if you are a person that's not encouraged, son, now that you have turned, learned how to invent this bulb, why don't you turn the lights off? You're keeping them on the whole time, all right? Can you find anything good to say? about what your children are doing, right? I remember because sometimes as fathers, you know what? We can be hard on our kids. Thank God I don't know how to play football because if he played basketball, I would have been hard on my son because I played a lot of basketball, you know? Because I remember growing up, there was one time my father watched my game, and I'm, I haven't told him about this. He watched, he watched my, our basketball game when I was playing. He just came once. It so happened, it, uh, you know, in the Philippines after it rained, the courts have water in the courts, all right? But they just sweep it off, and we played. And so here am I. I was able to intercept the ball, and I was dribbling down the ball, right? And I felt like my, my dad is watching me, right? You know, instead of laying up, I slip. <laughs> and instead of saying later on, said, son, oh, how are you feeling? said, he just kind of said, boy, that was too bad. You could have, you could have shot that basket, right? I said, but, Dad, I slipped, you know. You know what's even painful? I was not a good basketball player. 
I, I never made a score yet during that time because I was growing up. I felt like, you could have said, good try, son. You, you got the ball. But maybe next time you're going to be able to shoot it. All I needed was a little encouragement, right? And folks, let's encourage one another, all right? Your kitchen hour is going to be perfect, but we all need some what? A little encouragement. You know, when I was growing up, I think the reason why I'm, I'm kind of tall over here, because probably my, my brother and I never got a lot of encouragement. We got a lot of discipline, right? My father was a disciplinarian. He taught us a lot. When he left me in, the, in, in, in California by myself, he said, son, don't you ever defame our name. Make sure, because you're going to carry the word tan, make sure you live up to that name. Boy, I remember that. It was, it was a good reminder. You know what also reminded me? Because when you're growing up, he was a disciplinarian. I'm saying, we got a lot of whooping. Right? That's why we say, you know why I'm tall? Because my brother and I, almost every day we quarreled. Every day. There was like, if we never quarreled, something was wrong, right? <laughs> and so in order for my father to make sure we don't quarrel, he said, if you guys come and complain with me, he would take out his belt. Man, you could see that belt, right? He, he would just whoop us, all right? And, and however, I learned something later on right, in life. I felt like maybe that's the reason why we're so tall. Because when you're a good boy, when you were young, they all keep going like this to you. You're a good boy. You're so good. You're a nice kid, right? All right? So if you're short, it's because you'd be nice. Now, if you're a bad boy like us, you keep whooping. I learned this from Pastor Manny, right? Pastor Manny means that. But boy, did he discipline us. But only later on they realized he was also doing this in order for us to be able to learn what is right from what's wrong. Later on in life, we, me and my brother kind of realized, you know what? Dad really wanted to make sure that we would get along together. And around now, me and my brother were like this. We're really so close. And somehow, we, we learned uh, to, to love one another in order not to be spanked anymore. So we get to have the right convictions. What else? You want to have the right legacy. So Dad, what would you be known for? When you're gone... What would you be known for? Oh, he was the dad who did this. He was a dad who was always doing this. He was a dad that was absent. What would you like to be known for? Have you ever thought about that? You know, there's one thing I, I, I pray. I haven't told my kids about this. But if there's one thing I would pray, Lord, I pray that I'll be able to hear it from my kids. That they're going to say, you know, my, our dad... Uh, he really loved Jesus. I, I pray that I can see that, hear that from my kids. But, of course, I, I don't want them to just say it because they just have to say it. Because what's painful, that's like a child I learned. A child was growing up. It's, and the child said, Dad, what is a Christian? And the dad started to explain what a Christian is. Oh, like this. Then the next question says, Dad, where can I find a Christian? The dad's heart were like, ah, oh, here am I talking to him about a Christian. He can't even say, Dad, you're a Christian. Boy, that's, that's so painful if our kids will not be able to say that to you and to me. Mom and Dad, you're a Christian. Oh, I pray God that the Lord will help me to be that person. And, and I'm not. I'm just saying, I'm not a perfect father. I'm saying, I said, Lord, help me 
that they might be able to see Jesus more in me. May that be the legacy that I can leave with them. Dad and mom, we need to be able to do that. Second, because of our time. Not only was a person with the right conviction, he plans for his family. He says, as for me and what? My house. When you say my house, it means there's something beautiful about my house. In other words, look what he's saying. My public life is important, but what is more important is my family life. Folks, there is no success outside of the home. You may be so successful out there, but if your home is a mess, they are the people who know you the best. And what are you doing in terms of raising them up in such a way that they make a difference? So what's important for you to be able to have plans for your family? Number one, you need to have a sense of commitment. Your commitment for your family is to the point you say, you know what, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to my marriage. I'm committed as a family. We will be doing things together. What else? There's also a sense of cohesion and togetherness. No matter what happens, what? We'll stick it out together. Have you noticed this? I was asking my wife the other day. I said, honey, what is the most painful time in our lives that we had to go through? And sometimes you look at those times, it's when, when it was so painful but you know what saw us through? We were together as a family. And there was a time, so we, we, and you probably can talk about this, where we, we just struggled. But you know, our kids saw us how we struggled. But during this time, said, said, children, let's trust the Lord for this. And when we look back, those are the things that we feel like as a result of this, we realize that they learned something from this, that when we stuck it out together, they will learn to stick it out as well. It would be, have been easy for people just to walk out of their marriage, out of their relationship. But because we stuck together and said, God, with God's help, help us through this, it became so meaningful. Not only that, it when those times that we spent together, even when they were growing up, it was not because we had a lot. I was talking to my wife, you know. Uh, there were times when we would just, we'd just go to the park and just feed the bread. We would remember those times growing up. Oh, there was even times we'd go to this $1.50 movie because I didn't have a lot of money then. But you know what? We love going to the you know, second run. They didn't mind. Oh, afterwards, we would go to this Whopper place, buy one, get one free. Oh, it was wonderful, right? And my kids, until now, they can remember those stories too. But let me give you another time too that we enjoyed in the ministry because I worked for, for the convention then. We would travel to different churches and, as, we, and I, as I would speak to different churches, they would come along with me. And by the way, they heard my message over and over again, right? Whether I repeated it again, they, they, they knew, but the, the audience didn't know. It was the same message, right? We would go. But one of the best part is that afterwards, some churches were nice. They would feed us. Some churches, after you leave, sayonara. And sometimes they say, we are a very friendly church. Yeah. I said, you didn't even feed your pastor that came over here, right? <laughs> Maybe that's, they give you probably a, for your transportation. But you know what? We didn't mind. Because after the service, I will ask my kids, because you've come with your dad, you can now choose one of the best fast food places, right? I didn't go to expensive places. So they say, okay, where do you go? Waffle House. Yeah, let's go to Waffle House. You know, it, we go to McDonald's. We go to, oh, in other words, it was not expensive, but after the service, I would say, oh, now it's your turn. Okay, what's the next fast food over here? They were so excited. It was fast food, right? But boy, when you look back, I was talking to my wife about this. 
Those were happy days. We didn't have a lot, but we did a lot of things together. Folks, one of these days your kids will be gone. Childhood only comes once. God gives them us for a certain season. What are you doing right now to invest in their lives? Commit to them. Spend some time in unity, in spending time together in Christian. Spend time for communication. Those are some of the best times to talk with life. When will they ever learn about sex? Oh, oh, the school will teach them about sex. Really? Have you known that some schools right now, people are confused whether you're a guy or a girl? Mom and dad, dad and dad, mom and mom? People are confused. Where would you learn the proper use of sex? Unless they're learning from whom? From you, dad. We talked about it at a certain time, but we said the beauty of sex, it's within the bonds of what? A marriage. Son, wait for the right woman. And man, when you get married, you can have maximum sex. Yeah, I mean, in the bonds of marriage. You get me, right? Now, before that, mm-mm. And you know what, folks? They keep this in their minds. Because we were true to our words. Our kids is also following this. I know my daughter remained pure until she got married. And I'm praying that my son will remain the same way as well. Not because I'm forcing upon him, but because he knows it's the right thing. Because the Bible tells us it's right. And it's wrong to, to do this. It's wrong for me to divorce my wife. I'm going to stick out to her. Why? Because if she leaves, I'm going to go with her. <laughs> I, I love her now. But you know what? We all make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But God is still a God of second chance. Folks, we can still learn from that. What else? You make sure you have a plan for your home and you stick it out. Some of us don't stick out with the plans for our home because we don't have a plan for our house. What is your plan for raising up your kids in the fear of the Lord? How are you discipling your family? Oh, the church is discipling. Listen, how much time does your children have for, for church? How much time do you have with your kids? Who is supposed to be discipling your children? If you think it's the church, you're mistaken. You only come to church for a certain time, but the kids will learn from you the moment you rise up, the moment you go to bed. You have all this chance to disciple them. The church is only there to partner with you and give you opportunities. So make sure you come up with a plan to make sure you bring your kids to church. I'm looking at the fathers of here. Dads, I commend you. I look at DGCF here. There's a good number of fathers over here. All right? You know what's nice about this? You're not just sending your kids to church. You're bringing them to church. That makes a difference. You see, you need to set the example. They will not love church unless you love the Lord as well. They will not embrace your conviction unless you have the same conviction. So you need to set the example. And you need to stick it out. I remember John Aktuari. He was a runner from Tanzania. And because he runs, he was just good in running. He joined the Mexico Olympics. And what happened, he, as, as a long-distance runner, you know, he, somehow along the road, something happened. And the game was finished, and John Aktuari was limping. He came four hours after the long-distance marathon game was finished. He was limping as he came to the stadium. And, and people said, the game is finished. You don't have to come. In other words, somebody said the winner, you know, why don't you quit? Because he was blooded all over. He had blood all over his body and his face. 
Well, some hap- something happened along the way. He had an accident. Somehow he slipped, and he was all bruised up, and he was all with, he was bleeding. But he came into the stadium. Four hours later, he was limping. And but he said, "Why are why 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 are you going to all this pain?" You know what he said? My country did not send me just to run the race, but to finish the race. Dad, you and I need to finish the race well. Don't settle for just mediocrity. Don't settle and say, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday. Make sure that every day that you raise up your children, that you dare to say, I'm going to be there. I want to make sure that during this life that God has given me, I'm going to leave a legacy for the Lord Jesus Christ. So make sure you plan for your, life, for your family. Now, just warn you carefully here, all right? I want to show you here. I don't know where this, this pastor got it from, but I got it from. He says, here are 10 ways, uh, 10 ways to fail as a parent. Quickly, all right? Add it. It's not in the Bible, but I like this, all right? It's practical. Are you ready for this? Follow me carefully. Number one, you want to fail as a parent? Follow this. Have fights in front of your children. Ah. Parents, if you want to fight, don't fight in front of your kids. You've got to be a team. Because that's one of the last things the kids would want to learn from you. If you have to disagree, go behind the door and you disagree. But in front of your kids, you know, he says, what the, you know, they, they will pitch you against each other, right? Mom, dad, so and so said. And what did mom say? Whatever dad says, that's my decision as well. And when they run the same way to, uh, to you, dad, so and so mom says, whatever your mom says, we agree. But if you disagree, it's not before you. Don't fight. Because what happens when they realize that you're also not real, you're fighting, and all of a sudden comes somebody comes to you, look at this. You know, you're fighting, and people come and say, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, I love my wife. <laughs> they know if you're real or not. What else? Number two, stifle your question children. When you keep saying, don't bother me now, I'm so busy. This is a big excuse, and a lot of us have these excuses. Let me give you an example. There was this girl. She was going to her dad. said, dad, 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 let me show you my picture. I want you to look at my picture here. Dad says, oh, I'm so busy. Don't bother me now. Later. Two hours later, the, the girl comes and says, Dad, 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 let me show you the picture I'm drawing. He was so busy in his office doing his work. He said, Honey, can't you see I'm so busy? I'm going to come later on. Then later on, it was a little while. All of a sudden, when Dad was finished with his work, he said, Honey, you wanted to show me your picture? Yes, Dad. Show me your picture. Oh, look at that picture. He said, Mommy, you are your brother and your dog. Where's Daddy? Oh, Daddy? Oh, he's busy. (laughs) He was in the office when I drew the picture. Oh, folks, you be careful, all right? Number three, take no interest in your children's friend. In other words, let them just run around whoever they want to be. That's going to be a failure. You may make sure who they're going out with, all right? Number four, never discipline. Oh, don't discipline children. Oh, oh, they're just kids. No, no, you need to make sure you discipline your kids. Number five, nag about schoolwork. How many like to nag about schoolwork? Did you do your homework? I've done that before, right? However, you need to nag them. My wife did it because they did well. However, you need to what? Compliment them. They come home and they have a, a, a B. B long? Listen, it's hard to get a B, right? I got a lot of C's when I was growing up. B is high. 
All right? Okay, anyway, be, be nice to them, all right? In other words, compliment them too, all right? What else? Number six. All right, demonstrate your love to them with material things. Oh, no, 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 not material things. Don't you do that. What about? Give them everything that they like. Folks, one of the biggest problems in America today is there's so many material things today, and those material things never satisfy. They wait for the next gadgets, thinking that that should make them feel good. It's not going to make, it's just going to last for just a short time. Number seven, never discuss facts about life. You better talk to them, or else the world will teach them about philosophy of life. Set a bad example. So the children will not want to grow up. Oh, oh kids. When you grow up, don't do what I do. You just do what I say. Do you like that? Boy, what, what a hypocrite, right? And sometimes that's what we do. Say, son, all right, I, 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 uh, don't follow my example, right? That's bad. They need some example. Number nine. I absolutely refuse to believe if you're told that your children have done something wrong. Hey, listen, if they've done something wrong, you discipline them. I've known families because the kids have done wrong, they will cover up for the kids. I said, you're not teaching kids responsibility. I even tell my wife, my kids, if you do something wrong, I'll be the one to bring you to jail. You need to suffer the consequence. But if I'm going to defend them for doing something wrong and they know it's wrong, they better know what the consequences. You know what the Bible tells us? When you are disobedient kids in the Old Testament... They'll stone you to death. Oh, they do. Disobedient kids. So glad, so glad God is so gracious in the New Testament, right? I would have been stoned to death when I was young, right? Oh, forgive me, Lord, all right? Number 10. Let your children make their own choices in the matter of religion. Oh, you better talk to them about religion. Because somebody else will teach another philosophy of life. Okay, now, la- lastly. Having the right purpose. As for me and my house, what shall we do? We will what? Serve the Lord. Folks, it's not about just you having a family. If you think the purpose in life is just to have a happy family, you're mistaken. Oh, my goal in life is to have a happy family. Is that the goal in life? Everybody has the goal to be having a happy family. That's one of the, that's one of the characteristics of America today, the Constitution. Uh, liberty, life, and happiness, right? If your goal is just to pursue happiness, folks... That's not the only pursuit that God has given us in Scripture. It's to what? It's to serve the Lord. Because when you serve the Lord, you're doing what God's priority is. He created us for a purpose. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. We need to be examples of God's love and grace. That when people see our lives as a family, he says, you know what, we're not a perfect family. But by God's grace, God has seen us through as we've gone through difficult times. And so in closing... I just want to share with you what is more, what's even more important for me, more than anything else. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, it tells us that there's somebody who can be the best father. Fathers, we're not all perfect. Thank God there's one that we can all rely upon. Maybe some of you grew up without a father. Maybe some of you don't have a father in your home. But listen carefully. You've got the heavenly father who's the greatest of all examples. From him, fathers, we need to be able to copy him because his love is unconditional, not because of our performance that people will love us. And sometimes, fathers, we're looking for performance from our kids. Thank God, God is not looking for performance from me. He accepts me just as I am because I'm sinful. He still forgives me, and his love doesn't change a little bit just because I make a mistake. God is a gracious God, and I need to learn from him. But not only that, God loves me so much that he doesn't leave me just the way I am. 
He wants me to live a life that has some more meaning, to make a difference in people's lives. But I also can learn from him that the way he does things is because he loves me. I like to close with this. There was a father who had a problem with a, a rebellious son. Rebellious teenagers. By the way, you got teenagers? You know what I'm talking about. The Lord is going to use those times to dismold us too. But this had a teenager, right? This teenager was so rebellious that the father couldn't do something with the son. He said, son, if you do this again, you're big already, I'm going to spank you. I'm going to spank you and I'm going to give you ten lashes with my belt. And I'm serious about that. Ten whooping. The next time you do this, I'm going to whoop you. He warned his son. Guess what? The son did it again. When he got home, he said, son, remember I told you I was serious about this? I will need to really spank you for this. And you know what? You've hurt me more than anything else. But because of what you've done, I want you to do something here. Because I feel that I have also have failed you too. I want to take the punishment for you. So he said, son, here's my belt. I want you to come and whoop me. He said, no, dad. He said, you better whoop me. Ten times. So he bent. And the guy, the boy did. <laughs> said, son, that's not how I whoop you. That doesn't count. You whoop me harder. As hard as you can. And boy, that time started to hit his dad in his back, his butt, you know. He did it over and over again. And the more that he did it, all of a sudden there was tears in that boy's eyes. He said, Dad, why do I have to do this? Because I love you. I'm willing to take the punishment for what I told you needs to be done. But you know what, folks? That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us fathers. He has taken the whooping for us. That you and I might be changed. That boy was never the same again as a result of that. You know why I need to change? Because my God is a loving and forgiving God. Not because I have to perform, but because of what is done. Today, we can do this because of God's love. He will empower us. He says, let the love of Christ control us today. His graciousness, His love will make us a better person. Because once you experience that, then you start thinking more about others than yourself. We can be that father. And I pray that even today, the Lord will bless the fathers today because we can experience the love because of God's love. And that's my prayer. That we become more godly in our ways. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's come before the Lord. While every head is bowed and our eyes are closed. What has God shown you and me today about God's love as a father? You know what? He loves you more than anyone else in this world. And he wants you to become the best that you can be for his glory, for his honor. And maybe, Dad, today you know that God has been speaking to you and to me today. And you're asking yourself, Lord, I want to become that godly father. And I know I'm not there. By my words, my actions, my decisions, my attitudes, Lord, I know I'm not doing right. And I need your help, Lord, today. I want to make the right choice, Lord. Whatever I do, the Lord would be honoring to do. I want to make plans for my family that 
they will see, Lord, I'm in business. I want them to grow spiritually. And that we as a family, we can serve the Lord. Not because we're forced, but because we love to do it. And my family will respect me for that. Lord, I need your help. And so whatever heads about our eyes are close. Whether you're a father, a mother, or a child, we all need God's help today. And you and I need to say a simple prayer asking God's help today. Would you please pray that prayer? Say, God, I need you this morning. I need you in my life today. Lord, I know I haven't done the right things all the time. My actions doesn't always represent that I'm Christ-like. My words at times have been painful. Instead of encouraging, I have been putting people down. God, please forgive me today. Spirit of God, just cleanse me today. I want to be that person you want me to be. And I need your help and I ask for your spirit right now, dear Lord, to fill me with your love, your wisdom, your understanding, so that I can be that person that you want me to be. Help me, Lord. Help me. And Lord, this morning, I make the choice that as for me, Lord, I'm going to make that decision. I would like to make a difference for you, Lord. As for me, Lord, I'm going to claim that my house will be in order that people will see the change that's taking place. Because you've changed my life, you can also change my family, Lord. That together, the Lord, we will ultimately say together, we will serve the Lord. God, that's what we want to hear. Well done, because your family is now loving you more than anything else. Well done, because our lives are changed. Our communities are changed. Our church is changed. God, there will be change because it's going to start with us. And we need your help, Lord, this morning. So thank you, God, that whatever you started in us, you will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, we claim the empowering of your spirit because you are our Father who knows what's best for us. We claim the Lord, your blessing upon your people this morning. And we ask this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, this morning, I would like to honor the fathers today. Father, I know you are special today. And we'd like to be praying for you. And so if you're a father, all right, would you please come? All right, just come forward. We'll ask God's blessing upon you, that God will use you mightily for the Lord. That you would be the greatest example of what a father can be, all right? Come on, all fathers, if you're a father, all right? All right, and we're going to call on the children too because in a short while they'll have to honor the father too, all right? All the fathers, come forward, all right? All right, just face the congregation here.